This is an IG paid post. The news and editorial staff of the Financial Times had no role in its preparation. Welcome to IG's Decoding the Markets. I'm Jeremy Naylor and joining me to discuss the bond markets in the context of the tightening cycle in the US and other central banks trying desperately to exit their loose monetary policy is Krishna Mamani. Chief Investment Officer and Head of Fixed Income at Oppenheimer Funds. Also round the table is Oliver Smith, Portfolio Manager at IG. Krishna Mamani, first of all, to you, after years of a bond market in a bull run, how would you describe the opportunities being presented now to debt investors? At the moment, debt investors are dealing with uh, withdrawal of liquidity on a global basis. Uh, Europe, uh, ECB in Europe is starting to withdraw liquidity, although they haven't uh, gone down the path as deep as uh, Fed in the U.S. perhaps, but uh, they are definitely not easing anymore. In Japan, things are at standstill. Uh, Japan is still a relatively loose monetary policy, but not getting looser. The, the central bank that is you know, most further along with respect to tightening is the Fed in the U.S. U.S. economy continues to do reasonably well, and some of that Fed tightening is warranted. If they continue with this Fed tightening in 2019, then the markets will have a bit of a problem. What all of this withdrawal of liquidity implies is the fact that debt markets are positioned in an environment where the direction of rates is really up rather than down, and that makes debt investing a more challenging exercise than we have had in, a, in almost 10 years. You, you say we could be facing a problem in 2019. Why? The, the reason we could face a bit of a problem is the markets today are not expecting the Fed to continue down the path of tightening in an aggressive way in 2019. If they continue with that, uh, because the U.S. economy continues to do well uh, and doesn't slow down at all from its very uh, fast growth rate in 2018, uh, that mismatch in expectations will bring forward uh, a, the potential U.S. recession because of excessive monetary tightening by the Fed. Oliver Swift, let's bring you into the discussion. Let's look at uh, the historic returns investors could have made against what is happening now. Yeah, sure. So certainly from a U.K. perspective, for anyone who's been invested in sterling corporate bonds over the past decade, it's been a, it's been a very, very strong time to be to be invested in that asset class, you, you've made about 100% on a total return basis, which is 7% annualised. Now, coincidentally, you take the FTSE All Share, and the FTSE All Share has also made 100%, so 7% annualised as well. And I think it's very important for UK retail investors and, and anyone really looking at the markets to realise that you know, what you see on your corporate bond fact sheet or on any bond fact sheet is not necessarily reflective of the returns you're going to get in the future. So while you have been getting coupon plus some capital return, we're now at the stage in a reflationary environment with um, global tightening, whereby you'll be looking at getting a, a coupon return, certainly, but whether that is coupon flat or coupon minus a capital return is really the big question going forwards. How does this work within an investor's portfolio? 
Well, for, for, for investor portfolios, if you're if you're going to be overweight equities, you're you're going to want to counterbalance that somehow with a less correlated asset. And um, one of the concerns at the moment is that you're seeing fixed income correlations rise as well. So they're so they're not behaving like equities, but they're giving you a little bit less diversification. So from a portfolio construction perspective, you either want to be taking a little bit of a bet in having longer term bonds, um, but of course. Sterling, the 10-year bond is yielding about 1.4% at the moment. It's not very attractive. Or alternatively, you just want to sit it out for a little bit in shorter dated maturities. But it's 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 more difficult than it's ever been to construct those portfolios, we think. Krishna Mamani, uh, which end of the yield curve is, is still attractive to investors? Is it possible to pull out one particular part of the curve that, that makes an investment opportunity uh, presented to people that want to come into the market? Well, I, I think Oliver is absolutely right. I think uh, the, uh, the investors who invest in fixed income markets on a global basis, not just in the UK, they, in US just as much, their expectations should be more aligned with where rates are and what the future looks like as opposed to what has happened over the last 10 years. And if the, the best case that one can make for the uh, markets, fixed income markets is that you'll collect your coupon. And if that is the case and the curves are relatively flat, what that means is if you increase your duration exposure, if you go longer, uh, the amount of, uh, amount of coupon that you collect for doing that is modest at best. And therefore, as Oliver mentioned, the front end of the market, uh, perhaps somewhere in two or three year part of the market, uh, is probably the best place to be at the moment. How how different is the, the European uh, bond market compared to what's happening in the States at the moment? As I said at the top of the podcast, that uh, the, the European uh, Central Bank is, is, is tentatively, uh, it's tapering, it's tentatively looking potentially at raising interest rates next year, possibly. Um, the, the shape of the yield curve in Europe, does that present any better opportunity than the yield curve in the States? I, I, I think so. I think if, you're, if you want to go longer, you probably are better off going longer in Europe than, they, than, you, are in, uh, uh, than you are in the U.S. I'm sure Oliver would tell me the exact opposite, <laughs> uh, because nobody likes the long end of any market anywhere these days. Uh, but uh, all, all kidding aside, I think the global bond markets are extraordinarily linked, whether we like that or not. So level of rates in Europe are one of the primary reasons why U.S. long rates are where they are. And the fact that the Fed is tightening is probably uh, having a somewhat, some bit of an impact on the monetary policy and, and uh, the, the, the real economy in, in Europe, uh, uh, Europe uh, as well. So, uh, yes, the shape of the curve in the U.S. has an impact on how people think about Europe and vice versa. Yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting is um, certainly from a European perspective here, we look at um, US bond yields in, in awe almost because because you can actually make a return. And it doesn't matter whether whether you're just taking on that currency risk or whether you're hedging that risk out. So pretty much every private bank at the moment is going to be holding some exposure to US treasuries or to US tips um, and then hedging that back into base currency. And I wonder whether you think that really is um, has, has been you know, a, a sort of a fundamental driver of, of the shape of the curve at the moment and, and whether, you know, once interest rates do start to go up in, in Europe, you will see some of that money come back home. I, I think the fundamental drivers of the front end of the U.S. market is Fed action more than anything else. Uh, flows are important, but flows are far more important for the long end of the market. 
because if if, if the Fed can impact short-term financing, that impacts the front end, uh, the the two-year, three-year, five-year part of the U.S. market. But the point you make is uh, very good with respect to the long end of the market. I think the flows, uh, kind of uh, uh, cross-country flows, really have been the primary drivers of rate levels in various places. I think given how well the U.S. economy is doing, given the fact that the Fed is tightening reasonably aggressively, if European and Japanese rates weren't where they are today, U.S. rates would have been meaningfully higher. So I think when we evaluate inflation expectations and flows, I I, I think it matters a great deal. Cross-currency flows have a great deal of impact. Okay, look, we'll have to leave it there. But thanks for joining us. Krishna Mamani, Chief Investment Officer and Head of Fixed Income at Oppenheimer Funds, and Oliver Smith, Portfolio Manager at IG. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.